Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. And, well, according to Apple, it's episode 57, if you take out those fan fictions. And, well, 57 was my nan, Emma. I'm not 57. Not my 57. Shirley is 57. Connor, so what we got coming up this week, Emma? Well, we open my birthday card from Connor. I'm very excited. Oh, it's a treat. <laughs> We're recording on my birthday. Celebrate good times. Good times, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and we obviously have your usual roundup and icon of the week again. <laughs> we play some games because it's a part A today. But first, we introduce you to the Christmas Jingle! Last Christmas Sharon broke Phil's heart And the very next day Martin took Keanu away This year To save us from tears We're praying for no Doc Martin Ian's beaten But will he die? Mick keeps his distance. Ruby continues to lie. But tell me, darling, did you really do it? Well, you can't put us your bit of a misfit. Merry Christmas. Martin wrapped it up and sent it. With a no saying, I love Stacey meant it. Now we know what a fool we've been. But if they kiss now, we know they'd fool us again. Last Christmas, Linda shot Keanu's arm, and the very next day, Keanu flew away. This year, to save us from tears, we're praying for no Dark Martin. Dark Martin. So everyone, that was the Christmas jingle. Wow! There's something else that needs to be said. Something else that needs to be sung though. And it's not a jingle. Well, maybe it's a jingle for just today. It's happy birthday to you. Happy birthday! (laughs) (laughs) So beautifully done. It's my birthday. We're actually recording on my birthday. And uh, can I just say, Connor posted the funniest photo on our Twitter and Instagram today. <laughs> I have laughed a lot. It's your face on it. It just gets us. <laughs> You're having a lovely time. I'm having the best time ever. I'm like... <laughs> I just love the swings. <laughs> oh, I just always love those swings. You know, whenever I was sad, I used to go out over there. Do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> I don't know if I, do I remember? Do you guys remember? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and Connor's card to me has arrived. And it's I'm just going to, before I open it, I'm very excited. You've it's built this special. up. And I know when you build things up, you you build them up correctly. They're always I amazing. Do. I do. Yeah. It's, so, it's a 
beautiful card. <laughs> On the front of the card, I've got not my card, Emma's card. <laughs> and then to wife. <laughs> Read the Puritan porn in the background. AKA <laughs> Sharon Fielding. Shh. It's my secret identity. Yeah. <laughs> and then does not include insect jewellery. And my favourite <laughs> when you turn it round is two aliens open it. It's not a scam. <laughs> I would, I would be remiss if I did not include the alien scam jokes in this card in any way. So I thought, gotta go for it. Gotta go for it. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm opening. <laughs> Happy birthday, sweetheart. <laughs> it's Pat. It's Pat. It's Pat. I got Emma yes. a Pat. Hard because when you're feeling older, when you're feeling older, I think there's only there's only one person who can truly understand that, and that's Pat. Fifty-seven was always her. It was always someone else. It was never us, but now it is. <laughs> that's our real age. <laughs> it's perfect because today is our fifty-seventh episode. If you don't include the fanfic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's 57 somewhere. So it's perfect. <laughs> Glad you like it. I love it. It's amazing. We can touch open set. <laughs> I just saw there's a lot in here. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm known for my paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> would you like me to read it out or would you like me to read it in my head? Um, read it out. I think I, I think that would be nice. Okay. <laughs> Dear Mrs. Butcher. <laughs> I mean, Emma. I just wanted to say happy birthday and to congratulate you on turning 57. <laughs> Always remember, though, 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. And to me, you'll always be 16. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so find yourself a horse and get kicking the walls of Kustara <laughs> you will always <laughs> you will always be the pearl to my rose <laughs> the pat to my frank the roy to my frank <laughs> and of course the Rula Lenska to my George Galloway course <laughs> hope you have a fab birthday can't wait to celebrate with you on the podcast love always <laughs> <laughs> connor ross and mouse and then there's a drawing <laughs> of the mouse saying i've got i've got me cheese <laughs> <laughs> i felt so proud drawing my little mouse i was like i must gonna love this <laughs> i have to say it's a very good drawing of a mouse thank you Thank you. See, that art teacher of mouse didn't know what I had, did she? <laughs> had a talent. I feel like Linda, where I've had a talent I never knew obsessed for all these years. And suddenly it's been awoken. I'm a mouse drawer. <laughs> Super mouse. <laughs> oh, 
thank you. I love it. I love it. You're I love more it. than welcome. That's going to look fabulous on the mantelpiece. <laughs> I, I think it'll it'll fit in fine with everything else. I think it'll just perfect. perfect. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. I did look for one that had 57 written on, but I guess me and you are the only people who have that joke. Oh, no yeah, true. No one else has the joke with that. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, where could I find a joke? Right, 57 was my nan, Pat Butcher. No one, no one had that joke card. <laughs> it's I like, just have to make one eventually. <laughs> you know, if you do, um, like if you go on YouTube and you look for that episode, yes. it shows all the best bits. Not that bit though. Nah. And that is the best bit. That's the greatest bit. 57 was always Pat's nan. That's why she slept with Frank. And I think that's, a valid excuse. I do too. I do too. Shouldn't be scoffed at that. <laughs> well, let's kick off with the 57th episode, aka my birthday episode, aka the Christmas specials. Yay! Yay! So, um, Peter Beale this week seemed to be followed around a lot by Ash. Well, I've got a few things to say. I've got a few things to say about this. Because all I could think when we started with that opening scene where his phone is just left vibrating, Ash didn't once think, I'm going to take that, hand it into the police. She looked at it and I was like, God, you're a nosy flipping so-and-so, aren't you? You're only looking to see who's calling. Did you see how it had Lauren's picture on? I was like, ooh... Mm. I mean, it's all kicking hint? off. Is it a hint? Is it a hint? I hope so. I hope so, because I miss Lauren. I like Lauren. Lauren's called Peter because there was a fire. And every time I hear a fire, I think of the IT crowd when he goes, <laughs> a fire? At a sea parks? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more. Fire in the disco. Fire in the <laughs> <Dick's mail. laughs> Oh my god, do you remember that song? Do you remember that song? <laughs> <laughs> that music video is the strangest thing I've ever seen. It's awful. The light bulbs. I've got the light bulbs in their like crotches and <laughs> in their like in, in the breasts. Like they're they're all lighting up. Isn't the lady like super old as well? Yes! <laughs> 57 like, was her. They're like, they're like Lord, they're like Lord and Lady of the Manor House kind of thing, aren't they? Yeah. And they're like, fire in the disco, fire in the ritual. Don't want to know why I keep starting fires. It's my design. It's my design. Do you know why I know that song so well? <laughs> that should be against the law, really, shouldn't it? <laughs> it should be, but with a music video like that, I don't think it can really leave anyone's mind. Yeah, I think it's true, always true. locked away, sadly. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, um, fire go. Lauren's been having a fire at the disco, she's set fire to the house. Um, you know, as, as they always sing. Your sex is on fire. Clearly, she's been having a lot of that over there in New Zealand. <laughs> and caused a, caused a bit of an arson incident. 
She's done an Alfie. She did. I was half expecting, like, for Peter to pick up the phone and go, what happened? And then Lauren just goes, Alfie set fire to the house in an insurance scam. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, the burns shall heal magically. <laughs> I'm travelling. I'm travelling to a legendary place. What are known is spoken of in rumours and myth. It's known as Redwater. <laughs> Louis dramatically age and he'll well, probably be he'll probably be 18 by the end yeah. of the series <laughs> him and Raymond go clubbing <laughs> <laughs> one of them's dating cherry <laughs> do you know what I mean I'm expecting that to happen once like one day we're just gonna look at the screen Raymond's 18 Louis 21 like do you know what I mean <laughs> So they're apparently homeless. They've burnt the house down. Yeah. Peter can't help because he's got like no money. They don't want Max to know, even though Max could try and help or Jack could try and help. Someone could try and help, but no, no. So Peter goes to Ian for money. So Ian then goes to Suki for money. (laughs) Of course, I mean, as you do. You go and blackmail the gangster who's been blackmailing and bribing you. <laughs> that makes sense. It does, it does. Except it doesn't work, does it, Emma? No. And instead, well, Peter's hungry eyes are looking elsewhere. Hungry and eyes. <laughs> I just loved everything about this episode. Everything about this storyline about the fire. Peter's first words are, I'll do anything. Anything, everything that I can to help them. There's nothing. Nothing? There's absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Say what me now. <laughs> and then my other favourite moment from the, the very beginning of that episode is when Bobby goes, what's happened? And he goes, there's been a fire. And Bobby just goes, oh. <gasps> it's like, <laughs> it's, it was the most dramatic scene I've ever seen. <laughs> It was like, all right, you're coming for Rula Lenska's game now. He just starts going, hum, sex me, yeah. <laughs> like a knife. <laughs> Look at the corner, he's dressed up as like Macbeth, Lady Macbeth. <laughs> I love how Bobby only heard there was a fire. He doesn't know where, with who, what. But yeah. <gasps> not a yeah. fire. Not a fire. Get a PTSD at the time that you almost set the beals on fire. Oh, do you remember those days? Good old days. Speaking of them days, they're coming up later. <laughs> true, true. So Bobby takes this information and off he goes and, well, he tells Max he's late because, you know, he was talking to Peter about all the Lauren stuff and the fire. And then, oops, maybe I wasn't meant to tell you that. Oh, no. <laughs> oops. I hoped that Max would go, have you been setting fires again? And then... Bobby just goes, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be lots of fire songs. Say, how many can we fit in? <laughs> <laughs> it was always burning since the world's been <laughs> One of the golden oldies for, you know, Ian with an extra eye. Oh, yes. Yeah. Poor Ian so with yes. his extra eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes. 
Bobby basically screws up their plan to not tell Max, which is still weird and doesn't make sense. It is his daughter and grandson after all. Um, Max didn't seem to care enough though, did he? No! He spent the rest of like, the week chasing Linda. So. Yeah, he said, well, it's all right. I'm busy trying to get me like over. Yeah. I'll send her some cash on the weekend. What's <laughs> the But I loved Peter. Peter. Peter's entire thing was, I've got to do everything. Anything. I mean, by the sounds of it, we was going to start up an OnlyFans. Can you imagine? I mean, we you might as well. Yeah. We would definitely subscribe. <laughs> Peter, I mean, Peter, Peter. Come on, Peter. You're not trying hard enough, love. <laughs> get your OnlyFans out. Get your get OnlyFans your out. Only fans out. Get your OnlyFans out for the lasses. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it because he basically wanders around the square asking other people for money yes. or jobs. He's like, I'll even scrub the toilets, Nan. Just give us a hundred pound. A grand, maybe. Please. And it's like, Peter, that's how the world blooming works. It's not It's not their fault. It's not their fault that you have not done anything in a year other than date women and have illicit affairs. Like, you should have been probably working out some financial stuff before this. I love it because Peter gets told... No off Kathy. <laughs> then he gets told no off Ian. And he also says that maybe he should just take out a loan. And I'm like, that's where his, this is where everything stops. He's just like, if they're not going to do anything, then I can't do anything because they pay my allowance. Exactly. That's what I, <laughs> you know what he said? But Bobby went to him. So why are you going like, to, was it Ash or Bobby went, what are you going to do then? And he was like, anything and everything. Like, I half expect them to say, I'll ask for a raise on your allowance. <laughs> what else can I do? <laughs> He's got this right chip on his shoulder for the fact that he can't do things. It's like, well, you can. You can. You can even sign on and get some money. Like, you're not even doing that, Peter. <laughs> you're just basically wandering around. Speaking of wandering around, there was Ash again in the background. Why are you oh. following him? When did they become friends? I had one conversation and now she's everywhere. Everywhere he turned, there she was. He was one minute she's holding bread, the next she lets herself into his house. There she is in the Albert. And there she is in the calf. I think I've solved this. I think this is a case for Danny Akura. I think she's a ghost. Maybe. I think the real Ash Panasar died long ago and now she's just holding Peter. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's Lucy. I mean, like, Lucy in a new form, in a new oh life. Oh my God, imagine she's possessed her. Yeah. That's why she's always so interested. She's like, don't worry, Peter, I can help you. And that's why she's so protective of Bobby. Yes, it makes total sense. <laughs> I'm so proud of Bobby for what he's done. I know he murdered us, but, it, you know, I'm proud of him. And remember, remember, he's, he's made a mistake. He's trying yes. to make up for it. Yes, of course. You know. Because it was a mistake. It was just a mistake, according to Kathy. Just a mistake. Just a mistake. It's just a mistake. A pretty big one, but... <laughs> yeah. But I do love... I do love how quickly Peter shifts back and forth this week from hating Bobby, loving Bobby, hating Bobby, loving Bobby. <laughs> it's like whenever him and Ash are close, that kind of like Ash... Ash mentality, where she hates her family, loves her family, hates her family, loves her family, <laughs> starts to spread more and more into Peter. And he's like, I hate him! I love him. But I love him. I hear him, but I love him. Do you think that's like, Ash's like superpower? Yeah, maybe. She spreads maybe. it round. 
She's a super spreader, but not for COVID. No, just she spreads, for... She spreads, like, hatred, love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because Peter finds Ian's will, doesn't he? Oh. And instead of not looking at something that's clearly not for you, <laughs> he, he just goes through and then gets annoyed that he's not involved. And I'm like, well, maybe this is why you're not on that will. Maybe you shouldn't have used... looked in the first place, because, yeah. like... What does that say about you, Peter? If you're looking through your father's private emails and his will to see how much you're owed. Because what he doesn't know is he's obviously on Kathy's because they split it, didn't they? Yes. It is a bit weird that Ian didn't decide to I mean, take both of his sons on his will. I mean, I loved it because it wasn't Ian who who Peter blamed for not having him on the will. It was Bobby. I was like, listen... <laughs> Bobby's, you can blame Bobby for a lot of things. But not that. There's a lot of things you can blame him for. But I don't think he can blame him for you not being included on that will. <laughs> I don't know he has that authority. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love how when Ash came in as well, she was like, have you been crying? And I was like, well, it doesn't look like it, no? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and I love when he's like, I don't even matter. I don't even matter, Ash. And she's like, you do matter, Peter. I mean, like, say it with some more enthusiasm there, Ash. I was like, Ash, your face is saying one thing. Your, your words are saying another. When I rewatched that, I was like, there's nothing in that face saying that you matter there. No. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't care about Peter as much as, like, what he, what it's been pushed as yeah, to me. The, the words are coming out of Asher's mouth, but her face is saying, oh, well, you shut up again. I'm sick They're of this. They're words. <laughs> words, that's why. <laughs> Ash is like, you know, Ash is Ash. She's like sitting there thinking, why am I involved in a Peter Beale storyline? I'm with Ikra. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think she picked up the wrong script? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually Dottie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like Tina stole her script as well. Do you think they're just handing out Dottie's lines to everyone yeah. now? Well, she's gone, so yeah, you go, guys. <laughs> if you could <laughs> just, just, you take over this part. If you, yep, yeah, you can have that one. <laughs> yeah, they're all temping. They're all yeah. temping. You know how you get a substitute teacher if one of your teachers didn't turn up? They're all just taking part in that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, you do matter, Peter. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> This was my favourite. Him and Ash having this really intense moment. They're talking about how bad his life is, basically. He's just whinging. And he goes, I've never been anything but good, dependable. Maybe once, before you <laughs> left your ex and kid and spent your days mooching off your dad and betting every woman in the square. Oh, yeah. And also having an affair. <laughs> I think he's forgetting a few points. Just a few. Just a few. I mean, he's already on to affair number two now. I know. I mean, come on. We all know what's going on between him and Ash. It's going to flip and happen. And that just shows Peter at this moment has no morals at all. This is his second affair in like a year. <laughs> I don't get it. That is such a strange pairing and I'm not here for it. No. Leave Ikra and Ash alone. I feel like that leave, leave Britney alone guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave them be. They're happy. So Peter decides that this is enough. 
He wants the world. When he said that, did you think he meant he was going to kill someone? Because he was like, I've got to do what Bobby did. It was like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Bobby did the worst thing in the world and got the world. Well, I want the world now. And it was like, Jesus, is Peter going dark? He's going to, like, buttress someone. Just kills Kathy. I need the money, Kathy. <laughs> Sorry about this, Grant, but I need the world. <laughs> He was fine with Lucy being Ian's favourite, but not Bobby, because Bobby was the one that murdered her. <laughs> Isn't that how it works, though? You murder the favourite to become the favourite. Ah, <laughs> uh, sibling transfer. rivalry. Lol. <laughs> 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 it's like Highlander. It's like Highlander. They run around with swords, chopping each other's head off, and they go, that could be only one! And absorb all that power. <laughs> really show my age there. <laughs> 57. 57. 57 was my Connor. I think I actually would be 57 if, if like, I was born the time when that film came out. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so then Peter goes for a run while Bobby's just checking that lasagna's felt correctly. I was trying to write in my notes and I was just like, is that spelled right? I need Bobby. And, um... It's lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> And Peter's just not happy. Bobby's talking to Ian. Why is he talking yeah. to Ian? How dare he talk to Ian? Well, Bobby doesn't know that Peter's angry with him, so that'll be why. And guess who pops up again with bread this time? Ash. Really? Oh, I thought it was Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> it was Lucy disguised as Ash. I mean, Ash is just so close to Peter and... You know, she knows, she knows how much he's gone through. Mm-hmm. And that, as he said, he's just honest. Except when he's lying about sleeping with Lola. Because he hates liars, remember? Hates them. Yeah, hates them, but sometimes takes part in lies of omission. Hates lies, though. Hates them. Hates them. I love that Ash um, gives them advice and stuff like she knows them really well when they've had like two <laughs> scenes together. <laughs> I know him so well. <laughs> I mean, you know him better than Ash. And you already dated him in the fan fiction. I know. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I feel like I know him way more. I just love it. I love when he was like, <laughs> when, like, obviously he was avoiding Bobby. And she's like, don't blame Bobby for this. Don't blame Bobby for this. And it's like, for what? It's just Peter having a temper tantrum. Like, literally, don't give fuel to this. So what is not actually in Ian's will? As Emma's already said, if he just went and spoke to Ian about it, he would find out that he is in the will. He is in the will. But just separating yeah. between him and Kathy. But no, Peter doesn't think, let's talk about this. Let's be adults and talk about this. He just goes around moping. Classic Peter. What's happened? Peter loves to feel sorry for himself to the point that he manages to turn a situation all around to him where he goes and argues with Bobby, even though Bobby has no idea why they're going to be arguing. And Bobby's like, I could see Lucy. Because, you know, he was having those visions of Lucy, not your Alfie-style Redwater visions. Yes. Different kind. And he was seeing um, Lucy and, well, that's not good. Peter Peter does not like that. Peter confronts Kathy about it. 
How uh, how can he see Lucy and he can't? How can Bobby see her? Why can Peter not see her? Peter should be seeing her. He would give anything to have those visions. Sorry, what? Uh, Peter, you do realise that Bobby wasn't actually seeing Lucy. Well, firstly, it was a stunt double. But secondly, <laughs> secondly, he was having a psychotic episode. He was basically losing his marbles. And Peter's like, I can't believe she came to him. He's not psychic. <laughs> I know, I was like, who does he think Bobby is? Derek and Cora, just like, <laughs> Lucy. 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 <laughs> Suddenly Bobby goes, oh, you all right, Patches? Yeah, just sit down. I'll be with you in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it because it's it goes on for so long. I hate them for having psychic visions. I was like, it was giving us flashbacks. Do you remember Big Brother when Nasty Nick, when Nasty Nick <laughs> yes. was basically pretending to be psychic and tell everyone that he'd seen them like either get evicted or win or something and to convince them that he knew who was going to go. And then that guy sits him down. The guy who won, Craig or something his name was, wasn't yeah. it? He sits him down and he goes, you've been playing a dirty game. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> that is literally the same thing. Nick wasn't really psychic. Neither is neither is uh, Bobby. No, I was, was just like so shocked. I was like, "Is he really just? <laughs> he just said that." <laughs> but Kathy gets through to him. She tells Peter that boy he idolizes him. He looks up to him, so he should love him. And so that's what Peter does. He goes from hating him, <laughs> wanting him dead, wanting him dead. Literally said, "I wish you were dead." That's all that though. Now he loves him again. He does. He's done in Ash. Hates him. Loves him. Hates him. Yeah. Loves him. They have a lovely little brother bonding moment, don't oh, they? Oh, this is, this is lovely. It's a beautiful moment where basically <laughs> him and Peter are bonding and, you know, he's saying, it's not your fault. It's Jane and Ian's. And um, and also, how much money are you making from that foundation? Because, <laughs> well, I've got this idea. Why don't we embezzle all those people? I love... My sister that you murdered so much that I've been so angry at you um, that actually I want to steal all the money that's there for her foundation. Yeah. What was that that you said you were, Peter, again? Good, dependable, yes. honest? Yes. I'm uh, not I'm not sure if his definition's right there, Emma. But Maybe she can update a dictionary. Does he not want to be in Ian's will and he thinks, look... Got to do this kind of thing to get in that will. True, true. <laughs> got, to, got to do something horrible. Because <laughs> yeah, he's got his, his mind set on that. He's like, yeah, that's what Ian wants. I don't yeah. know where he gets that from, just because Bobby, his own son, is in the will. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, adore it. I absolutely adore it. And then when, when Bobby rightly says, no, you can't. You can't have this money. This is for, for Lucy. This is, this is for, like, the foundation. Well, then he tells him he wishes he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had died and not her. It was like, oh, so we're back to hating Bobby again. <laughs> Flipping heck, I'm going to start having to write these all down, these changes. And that's exactly what I did. Ah, oh, fabulous. <laughs> so then, then, later on in the week, he forgives Bobby again. Tells him it wasn't his fault. Yeah, apparently, apparently, <laughs> it was Jane and Ian's. They murdered Lucy. He didn't like, like what quantum leaped. He didn't like the lies and the cover up. 
Yeah. And to be fair, Jane done a lot of covering up and made it a whole lot worse by actually taking the body and dropping it in the park. Yeah. Unnecessary there, Jane. That's a bit psychotic, actually. Yeah, this is it. No one ever questioned that. That's no one. Psychotic. No one questioned that. Why did she take the body and move it to the park? Yeah, it's like just dumped her there as well. She kept her in the boot. Uh-huh. That's sick. That is sick, isn't it? <laughs> you, think, but you think, actually, she was a bit sinister there. <laughs> like, I don't get that. <laughs> It's like she'd done it before. Do you think she killed that husband who cheated on her with her brother? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. We never ever saw him. We never saw him. It was him. just a story. <laughs> it was just a story that she told where, you know, how Christine has stolen her man? Maybe. <laughs> maybe she's done this before. <laughs> and whilst all this is going on, whilst all this drama is going on, Ian's got dramas of his own, doesn't he? Oh, yes. Dropping Suki in it with the Gazette just to save yourself. <laughs> Oops. Well, I mean, it all stems from the fact that his arch nemesis, his arch rival, and no, we're not talking about Dottie because she's away on holiday. <laughs> it's Dottie's temp substitute. It's Tina. Tina Carter. She's back <laughs> at it again. I love when she's on the phone going, you have to find some. Get him out of that Vic. She wants that Vic so badly. She, she has this delusion that uh-huh. her Mick... Shirley and Linda are all going to move back into there. Like, why would they have sold it in the first place? And, like, I'm so, I just don't get how she thinks, oh, yeah, Linda, I'll be fine when we get her back in there. Linda's going to just forget about her alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how it works, Tina. I just love it. Her delusion of, like, what this is going to become is almost as bad as, like, Peter's delusion that Bobby's psychic. <laughs> Like, you know, suddenly murdered Lucy and suddenly you develop psychic powers. <laughs> <laughs> Once you take a life, you can see through the veil. <laughs> but yes, Ian's got all this drama going on because of Tina, hasn't he? And so he, stupidly, as we've already said, goes to threaten Suki. And when the journalist goes over to Suki's, she simply threatens him. <laughs> <laughs> I adore her. I just love it because she's like, I would really hate for anything bad to happen to you. It's like, you can see in his eyes, is she serious? Oh, she is. She will kill you. I have no doubt about that. This is the Suki that I kind of like. <laughs> and then Karat obviously says something to Peter and I'm loving it because like the Panazars clearly hate the Beals, but yeah. Ash hasn't got that memo. That wasn't written in Ash's script because she's temping for Dottie. Yeah. So she's yeah. helping them out. Well, she's helping Peter out. Can you imagine if she has to do both? If she has to both hate the Beals and help Peter out. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect for her. I hate my family. Love my family. I hate the Beals. But I love the Beals. And then Peter just goes, why do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> I love it at that moment. It was like such a sociopathic moment between them. Where they were like, it's just... We cover up all their crimes, all their terrible things. Why do we do this? Well, I don't know. Maybe because these are criminals yourselves. <laughs> there's, there's something dark in you as if you're not, like, going along with that stuff. <laughs> Max and Linda, well, they've been having a lovely day. Another play date, if that's what they call it. Mm, I've well, had a call. <laughs> 
Well, Mick turns up and ruins that for them. And he's turned up with a black eye. He says he's been mugged. And it reminded us. It did. Of a a great storyline that was forgotten very quickly, straight after it happened, actually. Yes. When Miriam got mugged. For anyone who doesn't remember Miriam, Miriam (laughs) and um, her family basically came onto the square with not a potential, but something interesting. She was a nurse. They used to foster kids. And then she got mugged and then left. <laughs> you forgetting? You forgetting she became friends with Haley Slater and they looked after Cherry. True, true. How how can I forget Haley? How can I forget Haley? Well, turns out You don't you ever do that again <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I won't do it again, Haley. Turns out Miriam's mugging well, it was just the start of what I can only describe as a crime spree. Every year? Clearly, it's a lawless town, this town. (laughs) Clearly, there's just crime everywhere afoot. And Mick has become a victim. (laughs) I would have loved a little bit of parallel there, you know, for like Mick to go, it's not you, Linda. I was mugged. (laughs) That would have just been everything. (laughs) Or he just goes up to like, just goes up to Linda or Max and goes, I'm happy for you. And then walks out. <laughs> oh, Miriam, miss her dearly. So Mick and Linda go for food, and when they're there, so is Max. So he decides to bring up Linda's business idea and all about the Lucy Beale Foundation. And Mick didn't know about it, so he's a bit put off by that. Do you know I love Max? We love Max here. We do. He's very flawed, but we do love watching him. He's a bit like all the characters that we're obsessed with. Like, we're obsessed with the people who are who are evil or nasty. <laughs> <laughs> or do bad things, and we talk about them all the time. Um, but in this moment, I was like, Max, can you not think with your brain rather than your pants? <laughs> like, come on. You're now literally making it so obvious you want Linda. <laughs> so, Linda, how about that play date tomorrow? Wink, wink. <laughs> I just said that. I've also got. A, also, I love that now. Now it's not just Linda's idea. It's not just Linda as the artist and the creative, and you know, creating all these costumes. Max has a costume idea now. Oh God! Don't you just hear it when people just jump on your bandwagon and try oh. and take your ideas? So annoying. This is this is classic Max though, because when he was pretending like it was like some massive businessman and he knew what he was going on about, he's like, "This is a great investment, Linda. This is a great investment." well, you've not really invested in a lot of things, Max. You just kind of go along with other people's ideas or take other things from other people, like the car lot, where you <laughs> scammed Ben out of it. Or, you know, Ian's restaurant, where him and Ian became partners of what was meant to be his restaurant. So Max isn't really known for his business acumen. And yet he's now also deciding he's going to take over Linda's role as artist. He has ideas there. <laughs> He's found a special skill he didn't know he had. He had it ever since he was a little child. <laughs> but his father used to slap his hand and call him an idiot. He used to discourage him all the time. Derek was always taking his notepads away from him. I just, I love it. And I, I half wanted to hear the name because I've got a few names. I've got a few ideas, Linda. These are free of charge <gasps> for your love. Yeah. Ooh. 
Do you not want any credit at all? None. Wow. None. Linda has done us a lot of service over the years, Emma. She's given us some great storylines. We wouldn't have been able to sing. Linda still, still drinking, drinking from, from the bottle. Da 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 da. Da, 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 da. I'm sorry, I've got to finish it. I've got to. We wouldn't have been able to, to have sang that without Linda. So he has some, he has some ideas for you, hun. He has some ideas for you, right? How about Snapchat man, <laughs> Insta girl, <laughs> and for super villains Emma, the Twitterer. <laughs> Love that. I mean, is that not perfect? I don't even get started on TikTok, man. That, oh, he's spying on you, that. He's spying. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I caught him the other day looking at him through my windows. Did he tell you that the room you drew was not a bird's eye view of your room? I was expecting to, but do you know what he said instead? He turned around and went, I was shocked at this, Emma. He turned around and went, I've seen the video you sent Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the, the video you sent Frankie, and she's not impressed, and neither am I. I was like, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to, sorry. <laughs> so, as as you can expect, this this moment between Max and Linda, they've now got a whole a whole secret superhero, you know, fashion line that Mick didn't know about. So he's fuming. He's heartbroken. He's confused. So he tries to drive into a wall. Yes, I didn't understand this bit because we no. kept seeing him go towards it and then it turned out it was a vision. Well, I just thought... We've gone all Alfie. We've gone all Alfie. <laughs> Next button's the dog appears. I'm <laughs> seeing Zoe. You all right there, Mick. <laughs> and did you notice that they went to the cash and carry? And we've been saying for months... That we want to see the cash and carry. We've saw the car park now. I know that, that that's not enough, EastEnders. We want to see no. the full-on cash and carry, but we are happy that you've noticed that we have I, been asking for this. I want the cash and carry. I want to see inside of it. I want a new family who's running it. I want everything, Emma. Yes. I want the world. <laughs> as Peter would say, I want the world. <laughs> and we got to see a sneak peek of one of Linda's uh, superhero outfits as well, didn't we? Uh, shoe Man. Oh, yeah, was it Shoe Man? Mr. Shoe. Shoe Mr. Man. Shoe. Mr. Shoe. No, was it? What was it called? I don't know what it was called. Captain Shoe. I've got here. Captain, Captain Shoe. Shoe. Mr. Shoe's off glee. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Shoe stands. He comes to me. He's like, he's like, don't stand. Don't stand so close to me. <laughs> Mr. Shoe sings all the songs that you love. <laughs> and um, well, what did you think of the outfit? Because it turned out the bit that is the the superhero logo is just some massive circle with a picture of a shoe. Yeah, you remember when I told, like I said this last week. I'm not sure how successful this business is going to be. I stand by that because it's a lovely idea. Lovely idea. Linda can't execute it, though. <laughs> Love Linda, but she can't execute it. Those costumes, come on, guys. Be honest with yourselves. Those costumes are naff. They're the pound store. They're the pound shop. 
lemon costumes, aren't they? I don't know why she doesn't go to Whitney for help because Whitney designs clothes. That was a whole storyline that they've now obviously have someone me- someone figured the script and got them all mixed I, up. I think someone dropped them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know how later on Callum knocks all the all the papers yeah, off of that um, was the script. The artist <laughs> the desk that was clearly all the scripts. They all got mixed up. See, that's like this sounds a bit like toy slides. <laughs> we'll say them anyway. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. We'll go with Ash. It's like kisses, Peter. I don't remember that being my life. <laughs> I just love it. Um, all I can say is, I half expected Ruby to suddenly just pop her head around the corner and be like, I could invest in this. I've been looking to do some new business and then just never do it. Never, never remember it again. Yeah. I was half expecting that. Ruby let me down in that regard. <laughs> and she's a bit embarrassed because there's a bit of a stain on the costume as well. I mean, Linda, you're selling these very well, love. <laughs> Yes, these are going to fly off the, the flipping racks at this rate. They look a bit naff and a bit cheap. Um, you haven't got a real seamstress to do them. It's just you. Um, and also, now there's stains on it. Oh, yeah, what could go wrong? Great idea. Great idea. Linda. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> if she went in a dragon's den like that, you could tell. You just know that Duncan Valentine that would be like, I think it's a good idea, but I just don't think you've thought enough about it. You just haven't thought so. So on that reason, I'm out. I don't know what yeah, accent no. I just done there. No, you have to ask. We moved. It's, it's, it's like when I did the original Michael Carter. <laughs> yeah, like I think I think she's she needs a little bit of help, Linda. Most fashion designers come on like are they all hands-on like i think normally they're they're a mix of talents but they also have other people to help edit their outfits and yeah and help spruce them up and stuff and they also take care not to spill things onto their like designer design <laughs> do you know what i mean especially if it's a prototype like, <laughs> oh sorry that was my coffee this morning don't worry <laughs> rather than a signature you got a stain. Just a Linda stain, yeah. Stained by Linda. <laughs> I was just like, oh, bless her, this is going to go up in smoke. There's no way she's going to get this gig. We all know she's going to win it, the Lucy Beale thing, don't we? They'll be it's like, she did. there'll be these amazing businesses, but she'll pull through. If she does, and Max re- is responsible, that is totally evil on poor, poor Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> she may be. So, um, as Linda's sorting out her costumes, Mick goes over to meet Katie Lewis. <gasps> Sorry, Emma. Did you just say Katie Lewis? I love it. I did. I went and said her full name rather than just Katie because I'm so used to it. <laughs> it's just programming. It's, if you notice. When anyone ever talks about her, not only on screen, but on social media, in articles, everything. No one just says Katie if you read anything. It always says Katie Lewis. It's, it's her power. It's her power. We've all been programmed now just to use her full name. It's how she's going to win. It's how she's going to win this war against Agnes. <laughs> Agnes, Agnes burned. <laughs> and I noticed Sonia was in Ruby's. And I just find that really unbelievable that Sonia would have even been in there. Never mind what Sonia does later on, which I'm going to talk about when yeah, she yeah, organises yeah. some sort of 
party in a blinking pandemic. But uh, apart from that... Yeah. Sonia was having a bit of an odd week. <laughs> we'll definitely talk about it. Um, <laughs> as for Katie, as criminals go, she is one of the most brazen... One of the most brazen we've ever had on the square... She sits across from Mick and basically convinces him not to talk to a therapist. Yeah. Because we all know why. Because what's Because it'll what's all come a, out. Yeah. The a truth will come out. A psychologist or psychotherapist, they're going to be able to tell you why you are feeling the way you are feeling, Mick. Katie is manipulating you. Oh, yeah. She was very manipulative. She was like, you can, you should only tell me, don't tell anyone else. She was saying, don't go and see a therapist or anything like that. Because she's the only one that'll understand him. And because she's so manipulative, Mick was he was going to do exactly that. And then he said it's all because of her and Frankie that he's feeling the way he is because he feels like a kid again and he's scared. Mm-hmm. So he asks Katie if they can go to the care home and go back to that time and maybe that'll help. I think it's going to be quite interesting because whilst Mick has now been convinced that he has imagined all of this, I think once you go back there, the past is going to come a-knocking and Katie won't know what's hit her when it does. So when you have done something criminal and the police are waiting for you, what would you do? Well, Kat throws dirty water over the police car. Is that cast his battery? It's the way they didn't even care. They just let her do it. They didn't say anything. For a second, I hoped Ruby was in the car. It was at them. <laughs> I've got so used to like the back and forth between the slaters and Ruby. I was like, is that who it is? And then I realised, I was like, oh, it's the police. Not you know gone. how she <laughs> said it was the water from Moe's foot bath? It looked what? yellow to me. And I know Kush is living <laughs> in an attic. And I just think they've probably gave him a bucket. Yeah. Is he be- yeah, because how is he doing? What is it about that attic that stops people needing to go to the toilet? <laughs> yeah. Like, Leo was up there for months. <laughs> <laughs> he was up there for months without going to the toilet for a wee or a, you know. Oh, yeah. And that's just not normal. He should get his bowels checked. Well, he's dead now, so he's I suppose he can't. Yeah. Can't get them checked now. Speaking of bowels... <laughs> Because the police have been sat there for days, Kat suggests they should get some pile cream. (laughs) (laughs) Always a wordsmith, our fan fiction mother. Um, (laughs) All I can say is I adored every interaction with this police car, from Kat to Ben, you know, like the back and forth of like pestering them and winding them up. It was just everything, wasn't it? I just don't get, I don't get why... The police weren't suspicious at any point. Like, cats throwing stuff at them. Ben's bringing them cappuccinos. And, bearing in mind, it's a pandemic and they just got out, saw yeah. the cappuccinos and went, yeah, we'll take them. Are those two in a same household? How does that work, that they're allowed to sit in the same car? Oh. <laughs> I bring you all the questions. Oh, yeah, because they didn't have masks on or anything? Yeah. Is it not different for, like, police? I don't know. If any police officers listen to us, <laughs> let us know. Thank you. <laughs> so, Cat wants our money. Phil's just not having that. No, he's just not getting any. And Whitney says, Cush is pacing around. Cat needs to do something. 
he's going to have to go soon. Cat's like, no, just wear earplugs. Tell Dottie and Sonia it's pigeons. Cue to a whole montage of Cush pacing around the attic. You know me and Emma, we were very vocal about not liking new things when they, <laughs> they do things in um, EastEnders. And, and for me, I can't speak for Emma, but for me, this montage was a bit of a... Yeah. It reminds like yeah, it was a bit like the Denise one the other week. Oh, I where know. I kept yeah, cutting yeah. to her on the phone. I felt like because EastEnders meant to be like real and gritty, it just felt a bit too Netflixy again. Yeah, it takes it takes you out of it just slightly. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Yeah. Like with, with Bex's suicide, that yeah. little effect they did worked really well. Um But for this we don't need to say that. We get it. Just her saying it. That's enough for us, guys. <laughs> I mean, now, if you want to include uh, a bit of a weighing or using the toilet to just add some realism, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> because, honestly, me and Emma are concerned that there's something wrong with with Kush. <laughs> I think he needs to go on some Dunkelax or something. He needs to go on some, uh, some laxatives. <laughs> yeah, how long's he been up there? Some people say he's been up there since forever, Emma. <laughs> the man who does not let his bowels get the best of him. He's like Gandalf, he goes, You shall not pass! <laughs> but to his spouse. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing ever. Everyone who goes in that attic never seems to need the toilet. Yeah. Unless they go when there's no one in. I feel like we need like a specialist governmental branch that deals with things like this. You know, they come out and be like, when there's something strange in your neighbourhood, who are you going to call? Bowel inspectors! It's so weird. And then what I loved is that Whitney comes over. We love Whitney, by the way. This isn't a criticism. I just love it. Where comes over and she's like, Cat, he's paced around up there. You're going to have to do something. Well, are you missing the police officer sat out there? She can only run over and grab him. <laughs> come on, Kush. If we, we just walk past them. Not looking for you or anything. Also, I love how she's like, and if, if Sonia found out. What do you mean if Sonia found out? Sonia wouldn't dob him in. Yeah, Sonia would. Sonia's done some bad things that she's trying to hide, and she hid stuff for Martin. Yeah, and she was Kush's friend. So why would why would Sonia dob him in? Sonia wouldn't care. Dottie would because Dottie does obviously bad well, things. Yeah, she's Dottie. Um, <laughs> she's Dottie. Um, kind of part of the package there, but not Sonia. Sonia wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly. Also, love that Phil's basically like denying them the cash. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, no, no, you can't have any. Well, it's not, it's not their fault that it, it went bad. And then we see Martin talking <sighs> to Cat about Cush, and then Ben gets involved, and we had flashbacks to Martin versus Ben and Dark Martin. Yeah. Sorry, um, it's just always so hard when we come to this part. Um, oh, it's a bit much. Me and Emma still struggle to accept that that was a real storyline and um, that Martin went dark and is married to Ruby. It's something we're never going to get over, really. It's something you don't get over. And 
And the fact that they brought it back up made me think, oh no, please, not another Doc Martin storyline, please. Because every Christmas it seems like they bring him to a... Every Christmas, it's like it's like Halloween for us now. It's, we're getting a trick, not a treat. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if we're, we're being a bit over the top here, but sometimes it gives us nightmares. It is. Like Raymond. We're up he all night. It's all right, Emma, we'll get over it. So, yes, in the style of Dark Martin, you know, we've come to expect a few things, and one of them is... He doesn't care about his kids, despite how much he says he does. Because he just stands there talking about his friend, Kush. Never mentions his kids once. Never hands a paycheck either or any sort of wage packet with his child maintenance in. Come on. Um. <laughs> and then we see um, that Dottie is leaving. Uh, she hated Dot. Absolutely hated her. Um, but she's forgotten about that. She's off to see her in Ireland. Oh, and isn't that nice to go see the person who murdered your dad, your beloved dad? He was a good guy. I mean, he was a Mother Teresa. So she goes off to see her with a massive bag, bigger bag than half the people who leave the square for good. So this had me thinking, is that at the end of Dottie? That's it. I honestly do think it is it, it, is it. I don't think she's coming back. Um, I would have said she might return, except... Every single one of her storylines has been given to someone else. <laughs> yeah. Relationship with Peter, that's gone to Ash. Blackmailing and being horrible to Ian has gone to Suki and Tina. Like, there's there's no longer room for Dottie. So we, we feel that might be the end of Dottie. We yes. might we might yeah. be wrong, but it makes it, it makes suspicion it's the end. It makes sense. And that was it. That was her she's gone and we moved on again very quickly <laughs> yeah her exit was even less ceremonial than Habiba's which was basically goodbye Ikra closes the door and goes like hers was even less than that she was like I'm off to say Gran we'll just never see her again <laughs> if that's the last we see that is shocking for poor Dottie <laughs> so Kush has a bright idea in the meantime that you should go and see Phil and get that money that they're owed. Yeah, why not? Oh, I mean, great. There are a few things. So the police are after him. He threatened the Mitchells, and the Mitchells happen to be very violent gangsters. So, oh yeah, I'm not sure this is a good idea, Kush. Maybe you should just stay in the attic a little bit more. <laughs> well, Phil wants him to disappear. Um, but Kat says they can't disappear without any money. Clever. Clever. <laughs> Meanwhile, Callum is trying to find out who's dubbed them all in, who's called. Jack's not happy about that. Junior officers shouldn't be doing that. And remember, Jack is the head of this place in his eyes, even though, like, literally all we see him do is get coffees. Yes! <laughs> How is he suddenly back in suits and stuff? And it's like, you know... I'm on the case. Shares an office with that DI. I'm like, why did this happen, Jack? <laughs> Don't get me started on Jack later on in the week, like that man. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to him. Um, oh. The, oh. So Callum has to lie and say he's looking into it because whoever this is, well, they can give evidence on Phil. And he finds out it was Ian Beale. 
Ian Beale forever keeping it real. So Won't be keeping if, it for real for much longer. Phil finds out, will he? So if you were to find out it was Ian Beale, how would you go about the situation? Because Callum decided to just confront him about it and tell him everything that had happened and if he could just, you know, be a witness for this and drop Phil in it for him. That'd be great. Hmm. Hmm. Probably not the best idea. I mean, Ian's clearly a telltale, firstly. <laughs> yes. And this brings me to another one of my theories, Emma. Oh, theory time. So, so, everyone's lined up for Ian's who did it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's lined up for it. You've got Peter. You've got Tina. You've got Suki. You're probably going to have a few other people as well. You know, like Sharon. Loads of people. Max. Bill, even. Ben, Max, any of them could do it. Yeah. I think it's Callum. Yeah. That would be a shock one, wouldn't it? Well, not now, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It'd be more shocking. Like, I feel like Callum, we have seen go, like, have so much stress in the last year that he's on that, like, edge of breaking, like, the breaking point. And now that he's went to Ian and said, will you be a witness... I have a funny feeling that when it does come out that Ian is the one who reported Phil, Ian will deflect and say something like, well, I know, you know, you don't know what I know or something like that. Or something like, you know, something that's going to allure to Callum. Or maybe you'll just try to tell him, tell tell Phil straight to Callum's face. You might just say to Callum one night that he'll tell Phil that he's not on his side. And if you think about it, we've seen... Callum hurt Danny and that was out of character for the Callum that he was at the time Uh, while now that makes sense because we're seeing a different Callum so was that a hint that he's capable of that Mm. and also wouldn't that be a great way for the DI to get off his back they're on a different case Phil could definitely be a suspect in it and then this is out of Callum's hands, so he no longer has that pressure. Because there will yeah. all be because you would suspect Phil when it comes to Ian. Let's be honest. Of course, yeah, he'd be the first person. <laughs> Him or Dottie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's over in Ireland, so she's all right. She's on the run. <laughs> I feel like Ian's the kind of person who will blackmail Callum yeah. to try and get out of something. And I feel like it's got to be something like Phil comes over to threaten Ian once he finds out that either he killed Denny or that, you know, he dropped him in. Something along those lines. And I have a feeling that Callum will be confronted by Ian and Ian will say to him that he will tell Phil the truth about what he's been doing. And I just think that's enough. That is just enough stress for Callum to snap and accidentally, like, unleash. And it makes sense because, like, they're going to have a big ending to this storyline like this where yeah. Callum's been doing this behind, like, obviously, Ben and Phil's backs. And yeah. that would be very good to tie in with. So, yes. And I think everyone's presuming too quickly that oh, yeah. Callum's, Callum's going to be found out at Christmas. I don't think he is going to be found out by Ben at Christmas. I think they're going to draw it out so that's more shocking for Ben. Mm-hmm. I think... If it was Ian related, Ian will get hurt, what, just before Christmas? Yeah. When things like that happen, there's no real big reveal until, like, the anniversary episodes. So that's February time. 
See, I've got, I've, I've, I think me and Emma are onto something. <laughs> we're normally it. wrong. <laughs> yeah, don't quote us because we're normally wrong. Remember Denny? Hey, do yeah, you he's remember? Gonna have a big storyline. Got a, got a good feeling that he's going to have a big storyline. <laughs> Died. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was a big storyline though. Yeah, but he just wasn't alive for it. He wasn't alive. I loved our theory for Christmas. I'm so gutted about good. that. That was such a good one. We should have went with that. We should have. Anyway, let's get back to it. Grey is helping with these cars. So that means Cat can get a share. How great. But she comes up with a good plan. Resident solicitor. He can help the Cush situation, except he can't. Yeah, I didn't understand <laughs> why he came all the way over there to tell them that, though, either. Like, no. Surely Kat <laughs> told him. Like, he literally could have just said it there and then, but no, he thought, I'll draw this out. I'm going to make yeah, this dramatic. I'm going to remind him of his GBH. I'm going <laughs> to remind him of this and that. Does his GBH still stand up? If, like, Leo's basically been... Found guilty. I don't know. Because, like, I know he's not literally been found guilty of the crimes against Wit, but, like, surely her being found innocent and telling the truth proves that Leo was bad. And that was provocation for Kush to defend her. I think it was a classic grey move of, I don't want to help, so I'm not going to help. Yes, yes. (laughs) Right. Which he does quite well, quite often. I did love it because you can always rely on the corrupt pillars of this community to really help you out in a situation. Except apparently no one cares for Cush enough to do that. Uh Jack has helped every single Mitchell get away with a crime at some point or another. But not Cush. But not now. Because he's a copper. He's a copper. He's a copper. Don't don't let anyone forget that Jack's a copper. (laughs) Well, I mean... Are you though? Can you still call yourself a copper when you're just getting the coffees? <laughs> so after all this, Cush and Cat, well, Cush decides they should run away. Cat is like, nah, I don't have to. Um, Callum comes clean to Stuart, tries to get this recording device out of the archers, hides pretty terribly, but yet is not seen. And they all suspect it was Cat and Cush who put it there. I'm sorry, you have links to someone in the police, but no, no. It's going to be these two. It literally could have been anyone. They just leave the archer's doors wide open. It's always open. open, always. It's like his back door. It's always open. Yes. Callum walks in. There was no, no one was there. No, because Ben couldn't shut the door. <laughs> it was like crazy. And even back when he actually planted that bug, he was straight in. The door was wide open. <laughs> And, uh, well, Jack, he's having a go with Kat as well because he's getting in on it. As we were just saying, he's a copper. And copper. A copper who doesn't stop Sonia from inviting everyone to a party round hers in the middle of a pandemic. You know when Sonia got that car off the COVID patient? Mm-hmm. Do you think she inherited it because he died? It certainly seems that way now. <laughs> well, I hope not she's... because he wrote um, he wrote to her. So I mean, I'm hoping not. It in his deathbed, am I? May have deathbed will. <laughs> Oh, Sonia, I leave you memories. The good and the bad. The good and the bad. Oh, and also my car. (laughs) P.S. 
please stop having parties. You're killing us. <laughs> Sonia and Ash are the worst two nurses ever. Like, we love our Dr. Son. But now, in this middle of this pandemic, we have seen some dark things by both of them. Well, Ash is never at work, for yeah, a start. she doesn't help. She doesn't go anywhere other than to other people's houses. Yes. She seems to circulate every other building other than the hospital she works at. <laughs> and Sonia, where do I begin? Driving around in a car which can't even really drive, which was interesting. <laughs> like, then we also have letting everyone get into that car. No social distancing there then. Didn't, wash, didn't say I wash it. Then... She's inviting everyone to a pub, uh, to a party. Then she's going to a pub, a club, cafe, whatever the heck Ruby's is now. Oh, who knows? And she's just seeing all these different people. Eh, Son, what's happened? What's happened to Dr. Son? So Dr. Son's party is going to go ahead and Jack's actually going to go. However, Cush and Kat, they're going to do a runner. But, uh, well, Copper Jack conveniently needs some of Bex's stuff for Amy, even though they're completely different ages. This is very random. Don't know why he needed them this second. Don't know why he could wait, but he seemed very, very angry that Whitney would even try not to make him go up them stairs, them stairs and get them. I mean, clearly Bex was Jack's favourite niece. That's what I'm going to say. Never had a scene together, really, Never. other than to, to say hello and things like that. But if she, you know, she was special to him. She would have wanted him to have her clothes. <laughs> I just love the randomness of it. I really do. And what I love as well is this idea that Jack, a police officer, a copper, is going to be attending an illegal COVID party. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was half expecting him to then at the end of that party be like, right, so that's a £10,000 yeah. fine, sorry. <laughs> so it's like, but you've just had cake and you've been drinking and everything. Yes, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you've had an illegal party. He goes all high and mighty about everything with Callum. Then he does this with Cush. Because then when he finds this cat and Cush when after Whitney's distracted him with some fabulous ways. I did love when she put the music on and started to just do a little jig. That, that was hilarious. <laughs> so then they come downstairs and now he's a copper again. But he was going to happily attend this party. So... <laughs> at the end I do feel like he would have changed his mind at the end of the party I'm totally with you there I feel like he would have been like like, fine everyone here 10 grand take him in boys take him in you're going downtown son (laughs) as he reminds her he's a copper and he can't let this slide he can't turn a blind eye Um, so Kat whacks him over the head with a CD player but don't worry, quite quickly, he's okay, he's up and running and off he is to go find them, but they're in a taxi. It's all a bit Phil Stacy from last year. Yeah, I was just about to say, does anyone else get flashbacks to that terrible time when Stacy almost killed Phil and then Ben used it to somehow frame Keanu, which then turned into this really large convoluted storyline that all led us to Dark Martin. Please! Please don't take us back to Dark Martin. Please. <laughs> Hero, please. <laughs> you know what? I just don't get how people have done really bad things on the square. They get away with it. Push. Yeah. You do a bit of a bad thing, but let's be honest, everyone else involved's got away with it pretty well. Yes. Um, but 
no, they're going to make sure Kush goes down for it, including Jack, Callum and Grey, who normally help everyone. Who also themselves have committed crimes at some point in their life. Yes! Like, what does Jack think intimidating a witness is? That's illegal, and you did it to Callum's dad. Justice for Kush. 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 If that's his last scene, I swear... If that is our Cush's last scene, him driving off in the back of Kat's famous black cab, I will die, Emma. I will leave the country. <laughs> when the pandemic is over. Obviously, yeah. We're not like Sonia. <laughs> our icon of the week this week is Peter Beale for not keeping it real. He earns icon status this week for his ever-changing opinions. I mean, it was something special to behold, wasn't it? Where he was like, ah, it should have been you who had died. It should have been you and not Lucy. I'm sorry, Bobby. It's not your fault. It was Jane and Ian's. It's all the lies. I'm an honest man. But then also wants to embezzle the charity. Our hero this week is Whitney, because she is the only one who is standing up for Kush and trying to help him. Absolute outrage, isn't it, Emma? Absolute outrage that no one else, no one else on that square, Martin, they're all not doing nothing. She's the only one who has stood up for him, and for that she's our hero of the week. This week's slapping Dan goes to Jack because Jack is suddenly a different man who is a copper and he won't help anyone. <laughs> Jack, you were our corrupt pillar of the community. You have fallen. You have taken a road that me and Emma can no longer follow. For that reason... You need a good slap down. As Whitney was our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Whitney's. And this week, we will be giving the episodes 3.5 Whitney's. It has to be 3.5, doesn't it, Matt? I mean, it was a good... It, it's what I say whenever we get to this point and we've given it a 3.5. It was a good episode. I just want a good series of episodes. I just wanted more. I just wanted a bit more um, interesting things because really, to me, it almost felt like we only had three core stories going on, mm. which was the Beals, Peter, Phil, and Kat, and sort of in the middle, we had a few other little bits and pieces, nothing much. And I would just like to see it have gone a bit further. But having said all that, it was still a hilarious week filled with Fantastic scenes with Tina, hilarious, self-hating, then loving Bobby, <laughs> hating Bobby moments with, with Peter. Like, that was just everything. His entire, entire storyline this week has kept me well and truly entertained. <laughs> and as we said, I think we said this last year, when it gets this time of year, you know, they're building the foundations for Christmas. Yes. And they're saving a lot of things, but they're building stuff. So you always know you're going to get these kind of weeks on the lead up. But, you know, when you get to Christmas, it's totally worth it. 
Oh, it's going to pay off big style this Christmas. I have a good feeling. Now it's time to play. Whose line is it anyway? And it's a special one. It's a special one dedicated to my best friend in the whole wide world. To my divine co-host, the Sharon Fielding, to my Denny Akura. It's Emma. It's a, it's a quiz where Emma has to figure out whose line is anyway. But in there, there may be some lines from Emma. Oh, okay. <laughs> Imagine if I get them wrong. <laughs> Imagine, you're like, Sylvie said that. I'm like, no, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, Emma. Oh, gosh. All you have to do is just tell me who said the lines. I'm going to read out a few quotes. You're, you're just going to tell me who it is. Who said them? Okay. Quote number one. But I love you, Martin. I'll give you another clue. She says this as well. Oh, okay. She says this. Well, your marriage is a sham. What else is there? I think you should just pack up and leave, Sonia. Oh, is it Stalker Sarah? Correct! <gasps> Phew! Imagine if it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Emma stole Martin from Sonia. <laughs> I think you should just pack up and leave. <laughs> I love you, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you, Martin. I love the way she said it. Next quote. Okay. Uh, give you another clue to that. <laughs> I think I know who it is. <laughs> give you another clue to that. I think I know what it's to as well. <laughs> yeah, but they're dead. <laughs> Is it me about insect jewellery? <laughs> <laughs> Correct! <laughs> <laughs> Still shocking. Have you ever seen that thing where people get like insects and cover them in jewels and wear them like crawling jewellery? Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it's like, <gasps> a, it's like this really weird thing that like started a few, I think it was like a, about five years ago or something, maybe more, where everyone started doing that. How do you... What? Your next quote, Emma. Blimey. <laughs> well, I could say a few things. It's Barry Evans, but also I've done a very good impression of this as well, so it could yes! be me. <laughs> it was a trick question, and you got four points there. Yes! <laughs> here's, here's the next one, Emma. Here's the next one. Drown, should I? And babe. Yes, correct. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Patches. Patches the Edwardian chimney sweep. <sighs> Just try and say that again. Patches the Edwardian chimney sweep. Got it. <laughs> I love Any the idea bit. who that one is? <laughs> I love the bit where got it. <laughs> <laughs> I had not got it. (laughs) (laughs) It was me. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty Lewis. It's everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you that. I wrote the Carters. (laughs) Every single one of them. She is only known by her full name. By her full name. A pearl 
<laughs> well, to be fair, I'm going to say you because <laughs> you say it all the time. I'll I give mean, you a bonus point just for saying that. It's Lance, but it's you. <laughs> it's it's me as Lance. Yes. <laughs> Final one now, Emma. Final one for all the all the prizes in the whole world. <gasps> wow. So, take a look at this. <laughs> oh, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so wrong out of context as well, doesn't it? <laughs> a look at this. That has me in hysterics even to this day, where me and Emma have created this like this false narrative that Pat has like no which she went in the real estate agent showing Pat around the house, and the walls looked exactly the same as the curtains, and so Pat was like, "There's no windows in here." And then Emma says this beautifully timed line where she goes, and then the real estate agent just goes, take a look at this. <laughs> and just opens the curtain. And it just broke me. It cracks me up inside. <laughs> and even at this day, it still makes me laugh. So that's why I've included it. I have to ask Connor if he saw the wallpaper that matched the curtains. Yes! <laughs> it was literally the same. And did he see the, cor- the, the corridor wallpaper, the pink flowery number? It looks just like the wallpaper from Redwater. Yes, it does, it it's does. identical. The wallpaper and the curtains I couldn't get over. Eno. When she drew those curtains and they were literally the same as the <laughs> the wallpaper, I was like, that's weird. Do people so, really do that? What happens is when they looked by the house, the estate agent, they went, oh my gosh, there's no windows in here. And he went, hang on, look at this. <laughs> and he opened the walls and there was a window. That's like a surprise. <laughs> Look. <whoosh. laughs> There's actually just a gaping hole behind there. It's not a window at all. You just put curtains over it to disguise that fact. <laughs> and there is one final line that I could not leave out. Oh. I could not leave out. And therefore, if you get this line right, Emma, you win an extra prize. Yes. yes. This final line is, is it a scam? <laughs> Me about the alien babies. <laughs> you all know this. You all lived through the red water days. <laughs> so you will know that Emma, is this a scam? Comes from when Emma <laughs> thought that. <laughs> Asked if the baby aliens that you got those eggs could reproduce or if it was I mean scam. it's not my best moment and I am actually quite glad we got it on recording because I don't think anyone would believe, believe it really it is again another beautiful moment and one of my favourite moments between me and Emma and so <laughs> for that reason it had to be the bonus question do you remember those alien toys where it was like oh, if you yes. put their backs together they'll have a baby that's all they do they're just like Lie with their backs together. <laughs> Do you think anyone ever figured out? It was, was that like some big scam? Yes, it was definitely a scam. <laughs> that was definitely not real. <laughs> it's not like it's not like um you know like on Jerry Springer. There's not like a little plastic alien coming on going. Well, he got me pregnant and then he just left. <laughs> and then out walks another little plastic alien. And you want to know what you want, Emma? Yes. Well. Pack your bags, Emma, <gasps> because 
you have won a special holiday to a place where you don't need a wee, you don't need a poo, you don't need to eat or drink. You're going to Sonia Dot's attic. Yes! And as a bonus, as a bonus prize, Emma, you get an invite to the most glamorous party of the whole year. It's only Sonia Fowler's COVID lockdown party extravaganza. No way. Yes. Yes. <gasps> bring your friends, bring your family, bring everyone you want exposed to the plague. This week's episode is sponsored by the number 57. Are you feeling old? Perhaps you've got a few greys. Or maybe you've had an affair. Well, come to us. 57. We will write you your will and accidentally send it to the sun you cut out of it. Happy Christmas, Ange.